Ooh, what would we do, baby, without us? Shalala. Hello and welcome to another very special episode of Alex P. Keaton is my friend. I'm your friend, Phil Vecchio, and on this episode we'll be discussing Season 2, Episode 22 of Family Ties. This is the season finale of Season 2 and it is titled Working At It. It originally aired on May 10th, 1984. And with me as always to discuss this episode is my very special co-host, Keith. Hello, hello, how you doing? Good, how are you doing? Good. I feel like it's always weird because I I feel like every time we start an episode, I always go, hello, hello. Why do I say that twice? I don't know. Hello, hello. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. I think I did it even when we recorded together in the same room. It's a perfectly acceptable greeting. I think it's it's perfect. Well, season three, you're going to see a new me, so I'm going to try something different. Three hellos. Hello, (laughs) hello, hello. (laughs) How do you do? Oh, man, I can't wait. It's very exciting. (laughs) Oh, foreshadowing. Maybe we'll do some different languages. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is that you're talking about being worried about repeating yourself, whereas I'm constantly worried that I say exactly the right sequence of words to open the show, because <laughs> that's how I'm wired. Like, I want it to always be the same. <laughs> right? You want the format to be exact. Yes. And if I've ever messed it up, please no one write in and tell me, because it'll just break my heart. Oh, I'm just kidding. Write in. Write in. Write <laughs> in. Just don't tell us that we messed up. That's right. Write us in at alexpikinismyfriend at gmail.com. Oh, that would be so cool. It's going to happen. I didn't tell you this earlier, but we did get some fake mail. Ooh. Yeah. So, um, as you know, we have our alexpikinismyfriend at gmail.com account. Mm-hmm. And we've gotten a number of things. Well, first of all, uh, I think it was, was it last week or two weeks ago, we were talking about Twitter. Yes. And I uh, I logged into Twitter from my computer, and it, we got a notification. We got an email from Twitter that says there was a new login from my computer on Twitter. Oh, because it's been too long since the last time you did it, I bet. Yeah. Huh. So that's, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Well, Twitter's <laughs> noticing that we're coming up. Yeah. And Google sent us an email about helping us to strengthen the security of our Gmail account. Oh, wonderful. So hopefully, uh, was it Fernando maybe emailing back to tell us that he loves our show, but he's going to help us market it? It must be, yes. Yeah. Well, (laughs) and that brings me to our final one here. We got an email from uh, Ostap, a gentleman named Ostap Zabalotny. Oh, okay. um, Which is definitely a real name. Yes, definitely. And he's a digital marketer, and he wants to um, market our show. Ooh. All we have to do is like enter our information to download a free guide. Okay. Okay. That which sounds I'm totally doing. Yeah. Yeah. Totally pretty, legit. Pretty legit. So yeah. Huh. Um, that's that's our mail. We, that's pretty great. And if you guys want to contribute in even a better letter that we'll read out loud, you can write us at alexpkeatonismyfriend at gmail.com. Well, I hope you do that because otherwise, the old OSTEP there is going to. Uh, OSTEP? OSTEP? OSTEP. O S T A P. OSTEP. Zabolotny yes. with two Y's at the end. Oh, okay. Oh, do you think that's he's how Russian? you know it's legit? Yeah, oh, t- totally. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, yep. I'm going to email him back. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me how that goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm a prince in another country and I didn't realize it yet. 
Oh, yeah. All you have to do is just send some money. Yeah. Because you got to get, like, you know, release your royal uh, crown or whatever. Yeah. Well, it takes a little to make some, you know? I mean, yeah. 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 Exactly. Royalty <laughs> doesn't grow on trees, you know? That's right. <laughs> Unless you're from Zamunda. <laughs> <laughs> They're making a sequel of uh, Coming to America, you know? I do. I'm kind of excited. Yeah. It's pretty great. Well, I hope totally. it is. I hope it is. Well, it could be. It has potential. Yeah, I think, I, you know, I'm not exactly sure where they're going to go from there, but hopefully McDougal's makes a return. Gosh, I haven't watched that movie in a long time. I know. Well, maybe, uh, you know, when we finish the season, we can take a, a break for six minutes and watch that movie instead. Perhaps, yes. All right. All right. <laughs> we don't want to lose our momentum, though. Well, speaking of this season, let's talk about this episode we just watched. Sha-la-la-la! So... What happened? Well, let me tell you. So this episode, uh, we find out that Elise, we open up and Elise is running around crazy. She's working on a resume because she's applying for a job at a big um, architecture firm. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's been working. Now, I thought, did she was she not already working as an architect? She was just working from home? Yeah, so I thought she was going outside of the home to work as well. Because Jennifer referenced that, you know, she was gone, she wasn't home. Well, now all of a sudden, you know, we find out that she's been working from home. But obviously, I mean, she's probably meeting with clients or whatnot. But that doesn't kind of lead me to believe that she's gone on a regular basis, you know, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 kind of thing. Yeah, because just on the last episode, there was all that, like... All Jennifer's, you know, oh, you always work too hard, and you're never here for us. And she came in from the, the door, and Stephen, you know, oh, look, this is what your mother looks like, because they don't see her that often. Yeah. And now, so, that was confusing. I wonder if this episode was aired out of order. Oh, interesting. I, it could have been. I mean, they didn't reference, like, Alex still being in high school or anything like that, so. Right. I mean. It was just sort of, it didn't have a specific time. I don't know. It's close enough. I mean, this this is the air date order that we watched it in, but it does happen sometimes when they air them out of order, you know? Yeah. I couldn't find any specific information about that. I looked at it, but it's possible. Hmm. Interesting. So anyway, Lisa's running around. She's trying to get her, uh, her resume in order. Alex is giving her some dubious tips as far as being dishonest on there. <laughs> I thought they were perfect. He suggested at one point that she put that she designed the Eiffel Tower, and he's like, "They never check those things." <laughs> no, <laughs> and that's not like a giant building where they would, you know, obviously know. So anyway, she's you know very nervous about this, and everyone cheers her on, and then we find her at an architecture office, which we had like a big, tall building uh, exterior shot, which we rarely get, you know, these big exteriors. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was crazy. Well, did you see the skyline from the window when uh, she was at the interview? Yeah. This was a big... uh, This was the season finale, so they had to go pull out all the stops, you know. So then she's in the the office. She's looking for Karen, who's the one that's going to interview her. And then a guy comes in, and he's like, oh, hi, can I help you? And she's like, I'm looking for Karen. And he's like, are you looking at him? And she's like, oh, you're Karen. He's like, no, I'm just kidding. And we're eventually introduced to Bill, wisecracking Bill, who he was probably my favorite part of the episode. Yeah, he was zany. Um, he was just all over the place, nonstop. <laughs> just a, he was a cartoon character. Anyway, yes. So eventually, Karen does come in, who's supposed to interview her. She boots Bill out of the office, 
um, explains that she would have had her go into her office, but, I don't know, something's going on in it, so she had to meet in Bill's office, which also conveniently was where Elias's office wound up being, and I think it was just a redressed version of that where they did the presentation eventually. Yes. So they had one office set, is, is the idea there. Right. Save a little money there. Yeah. Just because it's the season finale, let's not get crazy. <laughs> right? We don't want to spend all that big money. <laughs> right. So Karen interviews her. Um, she's a little bit nervous, um, but she, there's some funny bits. My favorite bit in the interview was Karen's like, uh, that's, uh, you know, here's a question that I've been asking all of our applicants. What do you see as the role of the architect in the 80s? And Elisa's like, oh, and what did they all tell you? <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that one down. I love that. That was hilarious. That was such a good line. I, yes. I, I laughed quite a bit at that. Um, so anyway, Elisa's nervous about everything, but eventually we find out she's at home. She you know, tells everyone, I just don't know how it went. And she gets a phone call. She does a fake out on the phone call and acts like all sad. And then she reveals that she got the job. Yay! So then she's in the office. Uh, she goes in for her first day. She finds out she's in Bill's office. He's again wacky. He's at her table, like eating his lunch or whatever, <laughs> like a, a big chili dog or something. <laughs> yeah, but it's like in the morning, like the start of work day, and he's already got a chili dog out on the table. So <laughs> yeah, it was kind of started random. early, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, Karen then comes in and gives Elise her big. Uh, first assignment, and it's a very overwhelming one. She's got to design a health club for this big building, and she has, I think it was only two weeks, was it? Yeah, two weeks. Two weeks, and Elise is very stressed about that. And then, of course, Karen points out the computers in the room, the CAD devices, and says, I'm sure you know how to use those. You know, make sure to put those to use, and, and Elise pretends that she knows how to use them. Yes, she did. Uh-oh. Foreshadowing. Well, yeah, and you can imagine how that plays out. Um, we see a lot of stuff of Elise like working at home still, because uh, she's you know just over committed. She doesn't know what she's doing. She's designing multiple things instead of just focusing on one, multiple options. And she has admitted that she does not know how to use the computer. In fact, at one point she goes over and she's like, "Oh, how hard could it be?" And she types into it, and then the computer, like the alarm, goes off, <laughs> and the paper starts shooting out. Which I fail to see what the function of having an alarm go off where paper shoots out right. in any system, you know? <laughs> when, when all she typed was quick brown fox. That apparently is the thing that triggers it. <laughs> she found the missile codes. That's it. That's <laughs> she got bombed with paper. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the War Games computer. That's oh, weird. there you go. She hacked into it. <laughs> she did want to play a game. So eventually, uh, you know, everyone's stressed out because Elise is working at home and she's grouchy and stuff. And then the day of the big presentation comes, and uh, Bill is. Uh, well, he's funny. He's totally, like, fawning all over the guy. Everything the guy says, he tells him how amazing he is, the client, you know. And uh, eventually, Elise's turn comes up, and she presents, like, six different options. And the guy's like, I didn't, I don't want all these options. I don't have time for this. Just tell me what you designed. And and then Elise starts to, like, melt down. Karen tells her, well, just put it on the computer. And Elise admits she doesn't know how to use the computers and has a huge fit and storms out of the office disastrous which by the way how is she going to use the computer just to put it in real quick cat is not yeah. real quick ever and you know cat in 1984 so. she wasn't yeah. just going to hit a couple of buttons and everything was going to pop up 
I don't think that's how it works at all. <laughs> no. But she's sitting at home. She's telling the family, you know, just how tragic it is. And all of a sudden, there's a knock at the door. And uh, it turns out that Karen and Bill, for some reason, are hanging out after hours together and come to the Keaton's house together to tell her that not only does she still have a job, but they looked through her ideas and they were great. And why didn't she just admit she didn't know how to use a computer before? Everyone needs help sometimes. And it's so great. They're so excited. And they go back out. They're going to dinner with the client. The family rallies around Elise and they tell her they're going to help out. And they're going to uh, you know, help in any way, any way they can to reduce her stress. And they offer to make dinner. And they say, what would you like for dinner? And then freeze frame before we ever get oh, to find out. That's right. Yes. And that's the season finale. That's the cliffhanger, you guys. Right? We st- We never found out. What does she want? You know, back in 1984, people had to wait to the entire next season to find out what Elise wants for dinner. Right? September. I know. So can't we went from May reveal. to September. I can't yeah. wait to see what uh, what she got. <laughs> I think they're going to open the next episode, the first season, or of the next season, with her just saying, like, spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> that's how it's going to drop, you know? <laughs> I hope she says uh, shawarma. <laughs> and Alex would be like, Mama. <laughs> oh, so that's the episode. Yeah. It was kind of a random episode in a way. I mean, uh, her going back to work and, you know, obviously she's got a lot of pressure and she feels underprepared. But in, in the meantime, she's still been designing and still been working. So her pen and paper skills aren't uh, rusty. But yeah. She just didn't know how to use the CAD. Right. And then uh, some sort of a word processor. Now, when we talked briefly before this episode, you said you thought the episode was disappointing. Yeah. Tell me about it. So it, I felt like, you know, for it to be a season finale, you always kind of want like a bigger, like a punch, you know, like, you know, give me something to kind of send me off or give me a little bit of a cliffhanger or. You know, really give me something to chew on. Because now I've got three, four months before I get the next episode. And you're saying you don't think finding out Elise's meal choice is enough of a cliffhanger. <laughs> I don't. I, you know, <laughs> to be honest, I would probably forget four months later that, that we even uh, stopped right before we found out. Well, hope, hopefully they'll give us a previously on, you know, to catch us up. <laughs> <laughs> right? She goes back to work, and then it's like, what do you want for dinner? Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> That's how they're going to promote it, yeah. This season on Family Ties, <laughs> what does Elise want for dinner? <laughs> yeah. We'll have to go back and see if we can find any of the uh, the commercials for uh, yeah. the next season, season three. This season, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, definitely, it's not like the big event finale that we're used to now but i kind of don't think that that was so much of a thing then like i don't know i mean i know some shows did it but i don't think that was as big of a thing for like this type of sitcom yeah you're probably right because i mean it's not in most of the episodes don't build on each other so it's kind of just singular episodes that would they move a story in a general direction but yeah nothing well, that's and- like you know one after another kind of thing so important and because, you know, the main goal of the sitcoms and stuff at the time was to get into syndication, which means they want those shows to be able to play out of order without having a big, you know, disconnect there. So if they if they do that, they got to do it as a two-parter, you know? Oh, yeah. 
So see, I remember watching TV as a kid, and two parters. I, I felt like those were like big deals. Like that was normal. Yeah. Well, and there, uh, I know there are some two parters uh, in Family Ties, you know, coming up. So okay. it's not that they didn't do that sometimes, but I think the finale was less of a thing. Okay. Especially because you know they didn't know if they were going to be renewed and all that kind of stuff. So. So I Whoa. felt like they did two-parter cliffhangers on Saturday morning cartoons in the 80s. Oh, yeah. Well, definitely there. I mean, you know, think about even the Batman shows in the 70s, you know? Yeah, that's true. Every episode was a two-parter. Yeah. So it's not that they don't do it, but it just it wasn't the same. Like, now you expect the end of a season to be, like, a major event. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So... I mean, we did get an exterior of a skyscraper. So <laughs> I feel like that was pretty big. And they moved in a couple of machines and set up a whole new space for it to be an office space. That's right. I mean, plus that setting up that gag with the printer shooting paper out. I mean, that was big. <laughs> you know they played that clip in the commercials for the night. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I like that she finds, like, this pen that's kind of, like, hooked to something, and she's just jabbing at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's going to solve it. Oh. So you said that you think that it's a setup for a bigger storyline, so... Well, yeah, I mean, as far as what she wants for dinner. <laughs> that was pretty much it, but oh. I think that was a good cliffhanger there. Yeah, well, all right. I mean, they intentionally did not tell us what she wanted. They freeze-framed right after like right after they asked her, right as she was about to tell us. Uh-huh. So, so I think we should see if our listeners write in to figure out what they think is the dinner that she had. That's right. Please, Alex P. Keen is my friend at gmail.com. What does Elise want for dinner? Hashtag, what does Elise want for dinner? <laughs> Hashtag, what does she want for dinner? Yep. <laughs> oh, also, I've been spelling her name wrong this entire time. It's E-L-Y-S-E. I put E-L-I. Yes. I, I am only I only know that because I always look at the you know the cast list and stuff, so I right. see it all the time. But it is a little different spelling, you. Yeah. Nice. All right. What does Elise want for dinner? <laughs> I wonder what the most like common meal in 1984 would have been. I don't know, like a beef stroganoff or something. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> I guess different Meatloaf. parts of the country would have been different things too, but yeah, yeah, some kind of a casserole for sure. Oh yeah, I'm looking it up right now just because I'm curious to see what Google has to say. Because we never really see them eat like full meals. No. It's breakfast sometimes, but not like you don't see them sitting around a dinner table. No, and you know, they'll have like a piece of toast or a sandwich kind of thing. Yeah. Nothing like substantial. So on tasteofhome.com, it's still loading, but it starts at 1941. Wow. And it was meat patties, by the way. Meat patties. Oh. See, I'm not too far off there. I said meatloaf at one point. Yeah. So let's see, 1985, blackened fish or chicken. Blackened. That was the thing, huh? Kind of a weird thing, but yep, there you go. Is that what Elise wanted for dinner? Who knows? Oh, she might have. Does she trust the kids to make that, though? Because we have seen what Mallory made for food the other, and just in the last episode. Well, we know she's not a great cook. No, but she's good at blackening things because she used a cup of pepper. Oh, that's true. So she's already got Cajun spices down. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Oh, man. See, this is a great cliffhanger this is big 
Yeah. They really left us dangling there. I mean, you got to get inside the mind of a 1984 audience. Yeah. And think about, like, what, I mean, why didn't they tell us? What <laughs> does she want for dinner? <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know. And you know, when they went back into the studio to see if they're going to get renewed for another season, they're like, well, we got to do it now because we want to know what she wants for dinner. Everyone's asking. <laughs> the letters are pouring in. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> What's for dinner? <laughs> Now, I had a couple observations about the show in general that I wanted to point out up front here. Okay. Well, so first of all, if you remember correctly, and I think we kind of addressed it because it's possible this was out of order. But if you're going in order, in the very last episode, Jennifer has this major crisis of conscience where she realizes she's been mean to her parents and the episode or the little, you know, story with her mom, she is complaining to her because she works too hard and she never spends enough time with her. And then, you know, she comes, she reconciles and says how much she loves her mom and blah, blah, blah. And in this episode, just one episode later, she's right back at complaining at her mom that she's working too hard. Oh, yeah. So she, she learned nothing. rails on her mom. She immediately forgot all the lessons she learned. Yeah, she says, well, if you're too busy for us... No lesson learned. No lesson learned whatsoever. Next <laughs> observation. Karen, who is the architectural executive. First of all, she has kind of a weird sort of British accent. I'm not sure what she was going for there. And, and it um, moved, it changed. Yeah, like sometimes it was definitely stronger than others. Mm-hmm. But also, like, I felt like she looked like she was 17. <laughs> yes. She, she, you, she's like this big executive at this you know major firm. And she's got all these people working for her. And she seriously was like really really young and i'm sure she probably was a little bit older but she looked way too young to have that position yes definitely i guess maybe she got the job because she was good at keeping people on task i guess so she was very no nonsense no she was definitely no nonsense next observation alex pockets were way too small in this episode Oh, his pockets. I didn't notice. Oh, so yes. I wanted some kind of an observation about uh, fashion that you didn't get. So I finally hit my goal here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he like, there's one of the scenes when he's talking to Elise and he's like putting his hands in his pockets, but they're so tiny. They're like, you know, those like real tight women's jeans pockets where they're super shallow. Yes. They're like that, where it's going up to like his second knuckle on his fingers. Oh, dang. It's super goofy. You got to go back and look at it. It yeah. looks like he, either they're too tight or he's just hanging his fingers out weird. But this pocket, there's something up with his pockets in this episode. Interesting. I was too busy looking at uh, Jennifer's weird outfits with collars. She's definitely getting more into like the 80s oh, big yeah. style. Yeah. And, and big collars and different color, offset color, color collars. Wow, that was really hard to say. Colored collars, colored yeah. collars, colored collars. <laughs> okay, well, it was hard for me to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's a good tongue twister. No, I'm going to have to go back and check that out. Yeah, look for it. It's like right in the middle of the episode somewhere, Alex is talking with Elise, and he's struggling with those pockets. It, it definitely feels like there's something going on there. <laughs> Tiny pocket problems. Tiny pocket problems. <laughs> Um, also, there was another, this one, crazy enough that I noticed, another like crazy laugh in the laugh track. Oh, you right? Know, like, several times. Yeah, very just... <laughs> <laughs> I heard that, and I, it made me laugh out outside of a joke one time, too, just because, you know, it was funny yeah. to hear that laugh. 
You kind of wonder if they throw those in there just to like boost extra laughs. I don't know. Oh, they might. They might. And it's not like this. Tonight. This episode had quite a few laughs already. So it did, yeah. Especially uh, yeah. any scene with Bill. Oh, Bill was great. He and that was. brings me to my final observation: is why was Bill hanging out with the boss, and then why did they come to the Keaton's house when it was as simple as her calling her on the phone? Like that was a weird. Like, how did she know where her address was to go? Like, I mean, I guess she could have looked in the personnel file, but yeah, she went to HR. It was a weird choice, and that Bill would come along, her coworker. Well, he did give her her purse and said that you left so quick, you left your purse, and he handed true. it to her. So maybe he felt, you know, like, hey, we should stop this by. That's true. I was laughing though because they didn't invite Elise to the dinner with the client at that point. That's right. That's right. Because they said they're going out with him. <laughs> we're like, hey, you can come back to work tomorrow, but not tonight. Yeah. Well, she had good ideas, but you know they recognize she's kind of a wacko at this point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she did have a meltdown and storm out and slam the little like swingy door thing. Yeah. Exactly. Sha la la la. Well, speaking of Bill and Karen and uh, the client. Let's talk about some guest stars. Ooh, excellent. Let's, we're going to start off with Bill, because he was great. You know, everyone's favorite of the episode. So I'm pulling for uh, a lot more Bill. Man, I don't want to, like, drag you along here. This is his only episode. Oh, what? I know. So sad. <laughs> Bill Channing is his name. He was played by Walter Olkowitz. And he has, like, a ton of credits. Uh, mm. This guy was in, like, over 100 things. Um, just some highlights. He's uh, a recurring character on Twin Peaks. Um, he was in the original series and the reboot series. Um, I don't know if you ever watched Twin Peaks, but I really like that show. I never have. Oh, it's good. It's a good, like, you know, weird... Uh, I don't know. It's not really science fiction, mystery, noir. I don't know. It's bizarre. But it's super, super good. Okay. Anyway, he was recurring on that. Uh, he also had... He was in 48 episodes of Grace Under Fire, so he's like a regular on that series. Um, oh, interesting. I've seen that show before, but I can't remember any of the show. All I know is it was the show that we clicked off after Home Improvement was on. We're like, oh, okay, Grace Under Fire's on. <laughs> Time to go. Time to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> um now the thing that I recognized him immediately from, and I wasn't, I knew, I couldn't quite place which episode, but he was on an episode of Seinfeld, and um, I immediate once I looked it up, I, I totally can picture him in the scene. He is uh, in an episode called The Cadillac, and in this episode, uh, Kramer is like he keeps getting the the cable company. He's he's mad at the cable company, so to get revenge on them, he keeps signing up for them to come install his cable, and then he hides out. So that the cable guy has to come and wait around for him, you know, to get revenge. <laughs> and uh, and this guy plays the cable guy that keeps coming. He's all mad, like, oh, you can't just play with my life like this, you know. Oh, jeez. So, yeah. Um, I never saw it. Anyway, it's great. Seinfeld, maybe that's the next series we got to cover. We'll all right, see. I'm in. Uh, the Client, he was in that uh, movie, The Client. Oh, okay. I thought you meant The Client like Mr. Halifax, The Client. No, 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 no. <laughs> he, was, he was another show. Oh, he was in Who's the Boss? Oh, really? This is another one, yeah. Hmm. Um, now, Family Ties, this is Bill's only appearance. However, 
Uh, the actor is does appear in the in the series later on. A couple years down the line, he plays someone else named Howie, and then a year later, he plays Walter Luskin. So, oh wow! Um, so three characters. So three different characters. So he's in there. We can see more of him, but not Bill himself. Aww. Now the funny thing is, his third appearance is in an episode called Architect's Apprentice. Oh really? So I don't know if he's another architect or how that works, but um, yeah. Huh. Interesting. That's so random. Um, and then two more mentions of him, because he had a lot of great stuff in his. He was in uh, three episodes of Falcon Crest. Oh. Um, which we always have to mention. And he was a dancer. It says he was <laughs> three episodes as a dancer. So I don't know how that worked out, but um, maybe he was just a character named Dancer. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes more sense. <laughs> uh, I couldn't even think of anything off the top of my head besides Tony Dancer. <laughs> Tell me, dancer. <laughs> hey, dancer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. And he got his early start, like his second or third role. He was in the movie 1941, the old Steven Spielberg one. Did you ever see that? No, I never did. Um, it's quite an interesting movie. It's got uh, it's John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd in a Steven Spielberg movie. And um, it's kind of a disaster. It's like a World War II movie comedy. Oh, okay. So we're playing Mad Libs now. Yeah, that's what it seems like. And it, <laughs> okay. it feels like that when you watch it, too. It is bizarre. Wow. So, yeah. I'll have to check that out. That sounds really fun now. It is really fun, but also it's bad but entertaining. I don't know. It's worth, it's worth checking out. All right. 1941. And so next up, we have Karen, the boss, Karen Banks, mm-hmm. and she is played by Rebecca Balding. Um, Rebecca's done a lot of uh, TV shows and stuff as well. Um, she was a recurring regular on Charmed. It was like her most, one of her more recent things. Um, she was also on Melrose Place and 90210, stuff like that. This is her only appearance on Family Ties, though, so we have no Bill and no Karen which tells me I don't think we're going to see the people in this office again. Wow. They just they shot all that money out and just all on that, that new set and letting it go right. now. So I don't know. But another one I had to mention, because we've talked about this recently, is she was also in an episode of Hotel, which oh. someone in the last episode was on. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. And then she was also, her earliest thing that she actually was kind of famous for, she was a regular on the TV series Soap. With Billy Crystal back in the 70s. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's where she was in 19 episodes of that. So that's where she got her start, I guess. We've talked about soap before. Yeah, other people have been on it as well. So it's definitely one that people got pulled from. Maybe it was the same writer's crew or maybe a producer or something that was on that show. Yeah. 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 Interesting. And finally, we've got um, Mr. Halifax, who was the client. And he was played by Michael Curry. Um, he was in tons of different TV shows and stuff. He was on Cheers and you know other things like that. He was on Remington Steel, Ooh. which we always mention. Yeah. Um, he was in like a couple movies. Like his last thing he was in was GI Jane with uh, Demi Moore. Yeah. Um, he was in the Philadelphia Experiment, which is like a time travel one. I don't know if you ever seen that one or not? No, I never saw that one. Um, it's really good. That was like in the eighties. Okay. Um. And uh, this is the only episode of Family Ties that he was in as the Mr. Halifax. Uh, but this is interesting. He was also um, semi-regular on the TV show Soap. Huh. 
he he was uh, the and, governor for several episodes of Soap. Okay, so another Soap connection. Another connection there. And finally, one of his uh, earlier roles, he was on the TV show Family. Oh, and that was the one. That's the one that um, Elise, uh, Meredith Bernie, was in before in the 70s. Mm -hmm. um, and she was a lead on that. And so he was on her show back then. And now in Family Ties again. So there's definitely got to be some connections there. A little history there. Yeah. Just, just like old times. That's the one. Remember I got the magazine, or I took a picture of the magazine that had her on the cover. And she was on the cover for her show Family, not Family Ties. Right. I remember that. I think you posted that last summer, right? I think I did, yeah. Yeah. That would, that would be right. Nice. And that's our uh, that's our guest stars. Man, they went out with a bang. All those guest stars and new set. Yeah. Big stuff. Yeah. Only to never see them again. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where they went for their dinner. I don't know. This is another <laughs> cliffhanger. I mean, especially knowing what we know now. Does Elise lose her job? Oh. What what happens in the next season? Maybe they went somewhere and had bad food and it killed them. That's why they're possible. out. It's possible. Yes. Because the three of them went out to dinner together. If Elise had gone, man, she could, could be, be a dead. Show. No. <laughs> Family untied. Oh. <laughs> Sha la la la. So any uh, any good jokes uh, that might need some explaining or mentioning here? Uh, well, I have a couple that I just thought were funny, and the first one is when Mallory wants to talk to her mom, and her mom's working on the, um, uh, what do you call that thing? Resume. Yes. And Stephen goes, oh, you know, well, can I help? And she goes, no, it's about boys. And Stephen goes, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, what would I know about that? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, kind of that same scene, Elise is really nervous. And Jennifer's trying to kind of build her up. And she's like, you know, I know what you're going through. It happens to me every every first day of school. And, you know, you're going to be fine. And it's gonna everything's going to work out for you. Well, Sometimes I throw up at lunch, but it's going to work out perfect. <laughs> right. And Elisa's all, oh. oh. <laughs> and, and why is she wearing a pink robe at that point when she's, you know, kind of in a hurry and she's got the big interview and. Didn't bother to get dressed first? No, no. She's going to go back upstairs, get dressed. Um, my one, I think my all time favorite joke in the episode, though, is when she's asking for any last minute advice. And, um, you know, everybody's like, oh, you know, you're going to do great. You're going to be wonderful. And Alex goes, don't tell him you're a woman. <laughs> yeah. I was oh, like, man, oh. he had some stuff. Because then he also later was telling her about, like, you know, oh, women today, like, they, they feel like they need to get out and work. And you're biologically, like, disadvantaged to have to be in the home, you know. Like, he was like, whoa, very, very, very Alexy. in this Oh, episode. yeah. Well, then it kept on going even during the presentation. Mr. Halifax is like, Karen, what is this? Is this an equal opportunity thing? Yeah. Did you have to hire her? <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, dang. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that kind of stuff would fly anymore nowadays. No, no, no. But, I mean, obviously they're they're playing on that because they think that that's not a good thing. Right. 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 Alex, but, you know. Yeah, I don't think that would, I don't think that would go over so well now. <laughs> no, not so much. But those were, I mean, obviously we talked about some of the other ones already that I yeah. had mentioned. And then, again, any scene that Bill was in, he was just kind of wacky and kind of all oh, over yeah. the place. And he was fun to watch. 
My favorite Bill line was he said, I was married once. Well, twice if you count my cousin. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just so so casual. Just kind of thrown out there and then let go. (laughs) Oh, that was funny. Yeah. (laughs) Or when he was asking about his girlfriend and he's like, She's like, oh, just look him up. And he goes, oh, do you know her last name? (laughs) That's right. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, because he opened and he said, I can't get get my girlfriend and give me her new phone number. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, My other favorite line was Alex. Um, Near the end, he's telling, he's encouraging his mom, you don't have to be perfect at everything. He said, perfection's overrated. I know, I've been there. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, I remember that one. Yeah, it's Alex. Oh, perfect, perfect line. Sha-la-la-la! There's a couple references, I think, that might need some explaining here. Oh, sure. um, From the episode. Now, one of them we kind of mentioned briefly, but... Uh, they talk about this computer called the CAD machine. Do you know about a CAD machine? Yeah, it's where they make like those little eggs, right? The little chocolate egg, and then they bury them in the foil. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> that's exactly what it is. That, ooh, mm, that makes me so hungry for mm. Cadbury eggs. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, it's Love a computer aided drafting machine. I mean, do they still use those now, or is it just on a regular computer? At what point do they switch from making a specific machine to? It's just done on computer now. Yeah, now it's just a program. Like, my designer at my job actually has that and uses it. Um, We have kind of a knockoff program as the salespeople that we use. But when we have, like, a a larger project, everything goes through CAD. You know, because we're working with architects as well. Right. So, and it's just, it's a program on his computer. So, at what point did they transition from a specific machine for it? I think probably as technology um, evolved, they kind of had to because nobody was going to go out and spend, you know, $20,000 on this machine when you could put it on a computer or make it simpler. Well, and remember, there used to be a couple other companies that were kind of getting involved in that process, um, and they were trying to sell their program. And CAD, I think, I feel like CAD kind of had to stomp them out, but I cannot think of any of them for the life of me. Did the machine do something different than a computer would do, or is it just because they had to make a dedicated computer to run the software? Probably a dedicated computer to run the software because okay. it's like even now, it's still a pretty big program on a computer. It requires a lot of RAM and memory because you know you're saving a lot of information. But um, yeah, probably just because of how much it had to, to compute to put it all together. I just assume you know everything about this, by the way, because I know you work at least adjacent to this stuff, and it's far more than I ever had, you know. So yeah, no, I mean, I don't, I don't remember a lot about those kinds of things, but you know, I do remember like just a regular computer used to be the size of a room, and it well, used yeah. the correct paper. Because remember, it always was those uh, giant pieces of paper. I don't know, like what is that? 24 inches wide kind of paper and it had the computer ream so it had the little wheels that would make it move and so it had the little holes punched out along the sides perforation yep the funny thing is at our church um you know i do i work with the kids and we have like a craft room that has stuff in there and we did a big like cleaning out project like this last summer but well last last summer um but it's got, you know, it was probably stocked somewhere in the 60s or something like that. Who knows at what point some of the stuff went into this craft room, right? Oh, yeah. And so since I've been there, our scratch paper, drawing paper for everything 
we always use that old computer paper with like the perforated dots on the side because there's just reams upon reams of it in there. <laughs> Is it green and white? No, it's white paper. Okay. It's just white, but it's and it's not the super wide stuff. It's the one, you know, like for a regular printer, um, but that has the perforations on there and I've explained time and time again to the kids, and they're like, what this weird paper is. But we've got all this paper. I'm not buying regular paper to use for a craft when I've got perfectly usable paper for them to cut up or whatever. We have a lot of it around. So in ReadyMix, they still use those dot matrix printers with that style of paper because, you know, you're printing a ticket uh, for the driver to take to a job site to unload concrete. And so, you know, it's got all the information and, you know, liabilities and all that stuff already pre-printed on the back because it's a usually four or five um, pieces of paper form. And then that dot matrix printer will print through with all the job information, yardage, you know, mix, all that stuff. So, um, huh. I mean, and that was, I, I got out of ReadyMix three years ago, but I'm assuming it's still exactly They're the same. Still using because it. Nothing changes in ready mix. How funny. I just assumed that was like a completely dead thing. No. So those printers too, like we've had to replace them because, you know, we would have one at every single plant and those things are about $400 to replace. Oh man. And then the little toners are cheap. You know, it's just one of those, um, almost looks like a U shape. And then the, the, the ink is a ribbon just kind of like that. But those were about six or seven bucks a piece. Yeah, we had to replace a couple of them over the years. And again, you know, this is three, four years ago, so they could be more or obviously less as well. But That's pretty cheap for ink, though. Our our ink is so expensive that typically when our computer or printer runs out of ink, we just buy a new printer. It's cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we're doing everything from home, and, you know, I work from home regularly, but um, yeah. all the school and everything... I have bought so much ink in the last six, eight months. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and it is. It's a racket. It's like even getting it from Costco, you know, you get a two-pack, the black and then the color ink. Yeah. And it's like $80. Crazy. Yeah. That's, I'm serious. There are times when we've looked at the ink and our printer's like not working as well. as well, let's just buy a new printer. We can get a printer for 100 bucks. Yeah. We could buy that, you know, like, yeah. and it comes with ink in it. <laughs> So you, I'm assuming like your kids probably don't have to print out as much because they're using Google Classroom and Google Docs and that kind yeah, of stuff, right? We haven't had to print out anything. Oh, Basically, wow. they, they submit everything digitally. And if they do write stuff out, you know, like let's say they're like, for instance, Luke did like a crossword puzzle or something, you know, that was based on a reading that they did. Mm -hmm. um, and well, they because they sent home at the beginning of the school, you're like a packet of stuff you know like a big like pack of stuff sure for them to to have you know so if you fill something out like that then he just holds it up to the camera on his computer or snaps a picture and sends it yeah to turn it in so we don't have to print anything or turn anything in it's all just done on the computer which is pretty cool yeah that is super cool so uh first grade is kind of a hybrid so there's some things that we print the teacher sets up packets so we just actually got a new one this week but um so that's probably the second or third time that we've gone to the school and you know there's just a bag with a bunch of stuff in it and right so and i mean the teacher's so sweet there's even like a little halloween treat that says you know open on halloween Oh, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it's got to be so hard to do like the younger grades because. Oh, yeah. It's such a different. I mean, that's. They're so active and they do physical things in school. I can't imagine trying to have them do stuff over the computer. Right. <laughs> that's so hard. Well, you know, we start the day with, you know, taking roll and then, you know, do the Pledge of Allegiance. So you stand yeah. up for that. And then, 
you know, there's usually a stretch break, you know, in every 45 minute session. And so she's just like, all right, stand up and wiggle for a minute and, you know, stretch your hands up and just tries to get the kids, especially, you know, like we'll jump around. It's, you know, our first two sessions are typically like language arts or reading or something like that. Our last session is always math. And so, um, especially like when we transition from working on like a dry erase, um, uh, board to the actual math page, then, you know, there's always a transition. So she's pretty good about that. Well, I think that teachers are saints all the time and especially right now. So. Yeah. Well, you have to say that too, because you're married to one. That's true. But I also have two kids who have teachers. And so I get to see it from both sides and man, it's, it's true either way you look at it. So. Yeah. No, well, at least they're, you know, compensated so well and you oh, know, yeah. so respected. Absolutely. <laughs> no one's ever said something mean about teachers or anything like that. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah at least that. It, I wonder sometimes why people decide to be a teacher. Yeah, I mean, it's something you have to, like, really want to do. It's funny because the, like, classic, you know, sick burn is if you can't do teach, they would say, you know. Like, yeah. Ha, 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 you're all, but, man, like, not everyone could be a teacher. It is, you have to have a certain set of skills. Yeah. A very specific set of skills. Yeah. Thick skin, yeah, quick on your feet, always ready oh. for, you know, something to fall apart and be a catastrophe. Able to handle that many kids being around all the time and not just going crazy. Oh, them. yeah. Like, there's all kinds of stuff, so. Yeah, no, God bless crazy. them, each and every one. Better them than me. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's right. <laughs> Sha-la-la-la! So one more uh, reference um, that I thought bears explaining is we mentioned it briefly before, but the quick brown fox, you know what that is what that is referring to or what that is? That was a thing to learn typing, right? Yes. Yep. The complete phrase is the quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog. And the reason that that is the phrase, you know why? It showed you how to put your hands on the keyboard the right way, or actually the, the typewriter keys. Yeah, you're close. Yes, because... The quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog. That short sentence has every letter in the alphabet. Oh, that's it. So if you type that, then you have to hit every key. Okay. So that's why that's like a practice one for typing students. And so a lot of times when people sit down or to test out, you know, how a typewriter is because, you know, typewriters would get their keys stuck or whatever. Mm -hmm. So in order to test it real quick and see if all the keys are functioning, you would type that in. And if it works without, you know, error, then you know that it's working. You got a good old typewriter. Yeah. Now we don't have to do that so much. No. (laughs) Now if you don't like it, you just hit the button and then you just talk into it and it'll type it for you. That's right. (laughs) And I just type with two fingers anyway, so, you know. Yeah. Well, you are speedy, so. (laughs) I'm a fast two finger. Two on each hand. It's really like four fingers. We should uh, have a contest to see who can type faster. You on two fingers or me on multiple fingers. Probably you. I, I'm already conceding. I'm not that fast. I'm just fast for a person who has to look at a keyboard. Oh, what if we did the two-finger uh, uh, Olympics? You know, we could just type with two fingers, both of us, and see who's faster. Ah, I think I would be faster than, if you're used to typing with a full hand, Yes, I could be faster than you with the just two fingers. Oh, man. Oh, that sounds yeah. like a fun experiment someday when we can actually get back together again. All right. Yes, we need to do this. It's a good contest. <laughs> I'm in. All right. Yes. It's on. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, who would know the quick brown fox, you know, now? Yeah, it's kind of kind of antiquated at this point. 
Did you take a typing class in high school? I did not. You no. couldn't because you were the valedictorian, and that wouldn't have counted. It was not on the uh, the highest level that we had to take in order to be uh, eligible. So yeah, yeah. I did not. So I did my last semester as you know as a senior. I was actually in drama, so I had a sixth and a seventh period, and so I could have left for one period and then come back. But I lived all the way across town, so I just stayed. And so I took a typing class for just an easy something to do. Right. And we were using a word processor, but we had all those typing exercises, and the teacher was pretty <laughs> uh, pretty easy going on that kind of stuff, especially for the seniors because. She knew that we were only there because we needed a grade or whatever. (laughs) Easy A. Yep. Even in my senior class, um, my uh, was like AP English, and we were type or we were doing essays. You know, every week we we did one essay, like a a five paragraph essay each day in class. We had one due, you know, each night that we would have to write, and then we had like longer essays that were due at the end of the week, and then a big long paper that was due at the end of the semester. We wrote so much in that class and we weren't allowed to type it oh wow at the time like you know people saw that as like, it was the early internet and people were worried about like copying and, yep. and cutting and pasting and stuff and so like all of that writing i did by hand wow that's so crazy now there there were some classes and some things i'm not saying like everything in high school that we were allowed to type up but it was still it was a weird like time of transition. Whereas now, if you were to try to handwrite something, the people would be like, "What? What is this? <laughs> what are you handing me? <laughs> right? What is this?" <laughs> and, and doubly so if it's uh, written in cursive. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, it's good for me because my handwriting is terrible. I oh, may have been valedictorian, but I look like a third grader wrote it still. So. No, you're like a doctor. Yeah, that's that's what I keep telling myself. Yeah, yeah, your mind is just too advanced. Yeah, it can't it can't slow down long enough to bother <laughs> shaping letters on a paper. No, that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so is there a moral to this episode? I think the moral of the episode was really women going back to work because it probably was kind of still frowned upon and it was a, a newer concept for women to to maybe continue to go to the workplace with having kids and older kids and, you know, everybody kind of pitching in. Um, And and, I mean, obviously Steven was, you know, probably a little different than maybe some other dads. Um, Yeah, but it definitely wasn't as commonplace then, you know? No, like even my own dad, he wasn't one to jump in the kitchen and help out or clean the house or anything like that. So yeah, even when my mom went back to work, he was never the one that that jumped in. So, huh? Yeah. Well, and then uh, Stephen, even though he is, you know, they're definitely more progressive. Uh, when he's telling Elise that she needs to like be able to do everything, he's he comes down on her for not like sewing Jennifer's dress. You know, which <laughs> that seemed that seemed to like backpedal a little on his progressive nature there. But. Right. Well, she said she was going to do it that night, and he's like, "It's already after ten. You still have work to do. You say you're going to sew. Like this is crazy. Yeah, it's true. But it just you know." If you're berating your like working wife to like get your sewing done at the same time, it, I don't know. This is not a good look. I don't think. You know? Right. Well, that feels pretty normal. I think I'm gonna go tell Heidi. Hey, before you go to bed, just you know, I need a new dress shirt for tomorrow. 
Now let me. I to be fair, like I don't know how to sew. I mean, barely. I can sew like a button on or right. a patch on. You know, like a just something like that's not important. But in that order to do actual, you know, mending, I have to go to Janelle. But the difference is, I'm like, please, can you help mend this? I love this T-shirt. And I don't <laughs> want it to die. Um, and there are things in our mending pile that have been there for several years, at the very least. Right. Um, so when Janelle, when the mood strikes her to actually do mending, it is like once in a blue moon, and it's you know celebrations all around, and you never know what's going to come back out of the mending pile. <laughs> I don't have a mending pile, but there's too many of us, and so you got to get rid of it. Well, usually that's the case, but if it's something like that's easily fixable, and it's like something I really like, or the kids really like, or something, you know, it would right. go into there. So it's not a huge pile, but. There are a few things in there. Like a t-shirt I really like where it just kind of like split on the seam a little bit. Not like a regular hole, but a seam split. Oh, yeah, That's yeah. fixable. Oh, you know? yeah. So, oh, and if you love the shirt. Yeah, you know. We, it's worth begging every once in a while. So it's funny because uh, we actually send some things like that. You know, like the girls will have a, a really pretty dress or whatever. And it, like you said, you know, it's got a seam split. We'll send right. it over to my mom and she'll zip it right up and we get it back <laughs> the next week. But... She does have the benefit of being retired, though, so... Well, yeah, that's different. Yeah. That is definitely different. She's looking for something to fill the monotony of her days. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it sounds nice. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm just teasing. Sha-la-la-la! There was challenges for her to go back to work. I thought it was cool, too, though, that, like, the executive, the person in charge was a woman as well. So yeah. it definitely, like, reinforced that, like, that that could be a normal thing, you know. And so, she was a young woman with bright red boots. Yeah, and definitely an indeterminate <laughs> accent. <laughs> Sha-la-la-la! Well, overall, I would say, although I know it didn't deliver the you know, mega impact you're hoping for. I thought it was a fun episode. I had a lot of good laughs in it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And I noticed it's uh, almost 25 minutes long. So they only had four or five minutes worth of commercials back then. Yeah, we definitely have more now than they did then. Oh, yeah. So maybe Chuck Willary saying two and two was right. But now we've come full circle because now I don't watch any commercials. We watch it on streaming, so. Yeah. Uh, well, we have Hulu, and we don't pay for the expensive version. So if you do ever watch anything there, you're going to get the uh, ads. Oh, yeah. It, it's worth it. It's not that much more. If you watch anything on Hulu. I don't, so it's okay for me. <laughs> All right. Well, if you don't care, then that's fine. <laughs> well, and Heidi like typically is watching a show, and then she's on her iPad, and she's working at the same time. So she doesn't even pay attention half the time. All right. All I know is when we tried switching once, we were like, oh, we are never going back to commercials. This is this is how TV was meant to be. The amount of time that you save, the amount of irritation at bad commercials, it's worth it. Um, we didn't talk about it yet, but today's I Love Lucy Day. I did not know that was a day. I didn't either until I saw it on the news. Wow. Yeah. What, what does one do to celebrate that? I don't know because I didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I mean, I've seen the episodes, but I didn't watch the news article. Oh, you didn't watch today. the news? Nah. <laughs> no, I liked I Love Lucy. I watched that a lot as a kid because it was on all the time. Well, yeah, lots of reruns, yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah. At least probably two to four episodes a day. Well, happy I Love Lucy Day. And to you, to you good sir. Yes. 
And happy Family Ties Day because we just talked about another episode and finished off season two. Woohoo! This is big, you guys. Well, um, thank you so much for co-hosting with me, Keith. This has been quite a journey on this season. It is my pleasure, as always. And I think we're just going to pick up again. Like We're going to keep going, right? We're starting up season three next week. Yeah, I'm in. I'm ready. All right, good. We're going we're gonna to plow on through. And I think if we do that... We could get back on, on track here. I think Ooh. we can finish this off so that we're back to like a regular season schedule. Okay, I like it. Let's give it a whirl. We're going to try. We're going to try for it. <laughs> I'm in. Well, if you guys would like to watch Family Ties with us, remember that it is included with a CBS... Uh, what's it called? Streaming CBS? Uh, CBS All Access, I think. All Access. That's it. CBS All Access uh, subscription will get you Family Ties. And if you want to write to us, Alex P. Keaton is my friend at gmail.com, or you can go to our Facebook page. And it's fun, because we're posting and doing all kinds of different stuff now. That's right. So join us. Yes, we join like us, it. Join us, won't you? <laughs> join us. Come with us. <laughs> well, I think that's going to do it for this episode. I think, uh, think we covered it all. We covered all the bases. I think we did. I think we've concluded season two. We've done it. We brought it to a close. All right. Well, thank you once again, Keith, for joining me. Thank you. And we'll see you all next week on another very special episode of Alex P. Keaton is my friend. What would we do, baby, without us? What would we do, baby, without us? And there ain't no nothing we can love each other through